Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. You're listening to The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network with host Steve Burkholder. Interviews with the greatest houndsmen hunting the greatest hounds in coonhound history. We take you beyond the losses and the wins. Steve digs deep into the stories behind the scenes. Do you have what it takes to achieve greatness? It all starts with the truth. The Truth is sponsored by Havoc Hunting Supply. When you are looking for high-quality gear, go to the people that understand the demands that you put on that gear. Havoc Hunting Supply has a full line of top-quality gear that meets those demands. Rugged hunting vest for the big-game houndsman to the sleek, high-speed, low-drag vest for the late-round-bound competition hunter. Havoc has what you need. The Havoc website features a complete line of hunting gear for the serious houndsman, and they feature that iconic Havoc logo where I see y'all wearing. Go to HavocHuntingSupply.com and order your gear today. When it's time to turn the hounds loose, it's time to wreak some Havoc. So uh, today, uh, we are super excited to... uh, uh, drive down the road just a piece uh, from where I, where I lived at for many years in northern Indiana and uh, to a, a, a gentleman that I come across uh, well over 30 years ago, uh, I guess when I was first uh, got introduced to uh, competing with hounds, uh, I ran into this gentleman uh, at a hunt and uh, a friendship was kind of formed through that process and uh, we've shared uh, many memorable hunts uh, since then. And uh, it's really exciting to welcome none other than Dick Brothers. So, Dick, I want to say welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, Steve. Uh, I appreciate the podcast. Absolutely. So, Dick, uh, to get started here, uh, why don't you share with uh, the listeners a little bit of who you are and, and where you've called home, uh, kind of, you know, the beginnings, I guess. Well, I I was raised in Wabash, Indiana, and uh, um, uh, I don't know why I want to say, Steve. Uh, Have you uh, now? Now, now that's where you've primarily lived a lot of your life. Now I know you moved out to Iowa first, then. Is that right? Yes, uh, I was raised in Wabash, Indiana. Actually, I was born in pre. Indiana and uh, uh, 14 years ago we moved to uh, western Iowa and I love that country out there and a big country not not no population 5,000 people in a county and uh, we moved back to Peru Indiana a year ago Kathy wanted to be back by her brother and sister so we moved back and so that that's that <laughs> right did you did you enjoy the hunting uh, out in Iowa as much as you did in Indiana 
Uh, I know you're well, an avid deer hunter, but I mean, as far as, you know, both, you know, deer and obviously with hounds. Oh yes. Uh, uh, immensely. Uh, I, I enjoyed it out West a lot better than Indiana. Uh, there's big sections, Steve, you know, a section rice runs for miles and miles. You know, you can uh, turn a dog loose and recast it as long as you want to walk it, you know, and, uh, 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 deer hunting was really good out there, but coon hunting was really good out there. The only drawback with coon hunting, I would have had to drive, drive so far to a competition hunt. Uh, I had two clubs. One was uh, 30 miles away, and another one probably 45. That was the closest club. Uh, other than that, I would have to drive two or three hours or farther. The competition hunt. Right. That was a drop. That was a drawback, you know. But uh, we had really good neighbors, uh, but uh, really good people in that country. A good place to train a dog, you know. I hunted hill country, and uh, and I hunted everything. Uh, I hunted uh, cedar thickets, uh, river bottoms, cutover timber, just everything you can think of training hound right you know i think for us you know a lot of years living in the area that we did i think we kind of got spoiled because you know we lived in a in a very rich area as far as uh quite a few hunters but quite a few hunting clubs you know oh. I, you know you know i know there for a, a, quite a while uh you could literally go to a hunt every friday or saturday night and probably not drive over an hour from the house. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I had, when I lived in Indiana, I had a club at Silver Lake. I had a club at South Whitley, you know, Andrews. They're, all of them were within uh, 20 minutes of driving time. Yeah. Marion, we, yeah, Montpelier, we all them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. So, so you grew up in the Peru area and, uh, that, uh, you know, I know the hunting down there uh, is awesome. So, uh, Dick, let's go back to the early days. Uh, when, when did you first get introduced to a hound and, and what, what piqued your interest on it? Uh, that kind of thing. Well, uh, I was running a trap line one night, a long bear crash creek, and an old man shot me and said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm running a trap line. So uh, he said, you want to go coon hunt? I, ne- I said, I never been. I may well. So we went coon hunting, and uh, long story short, you know, he had an English dog. And uh, that uh, English dog had treated a possum and said, he never done that before, you know, same old story, right. you know. We heard How many times have we heard that over the years? I don't believe that dog's ever done that. Yeah. And uh, then oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I hunted, uh, the second time I went, I hunted a whole one season with a pair of black and tan dogs, really. And, you know, I never had a dog that at that time. So... Was, how old, how old would have you been at this time? Uh, probably, uh, Steve, uh, early twenties. Yeah. Now you yeah. was running a trap line. Now what, what was you, what was you trapping? 
I was trapping minks and coons and uh, muskrats mainly. But when I started coon hunting, I quit trapping coons. Right. Let, so, so, so how many years did you trap? Did you do that from young on up, Dick? Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I trapped from about 10 years old, 9 years old, uh, to, to clear up in my high teens. Uh, that's why I got my spending money for, uh, with trapping for, for, for money. Right. Just out of curiosity, I know it's been quite a few years ago, but would you recall, you know, I know, you know, for a lot of years, you know, on like a coon hide or a mink or even a muskrat, uh, what would you, you know, in them early days, what would you recall on, you know, when you would, you know, when you would take them in, what you would, you know, what you would average on that? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, 50 cents for a coon back in, right. you know, that, that was uh they wasn't worth very much money. And I can remember I got uh, the biggest money was uh, mink at the time, you know. And then uh, and I can remember when I got a dollar ten for a muskrat. And then I remember when muskrats got up high, uh, you could get six, six or seven dollars for a muskrat back then. And that was big but, then. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, I was in heaven, you know, that back in, you know, but I, I quit trapping along about uh, 20 years old. Right. I didn't do it anymore, but I grew it up. Uh, <clears throat> I dra- uh, trapped Charlie Creek uh, immensely. Uh, I walked from my house when I was young and trapped uh, Charlie Creek uh, north of Wabash. And, uh, I lived in town at that time, you know, but that's what I did, Steve, early on. Who who introduced you to trapping? I mean, how did you how did how did that all come about? My granddad, okay. uh, he owned a farm out uh, south of the Missinwall Reservoir, and uh, he uh, he had a had a ditch or two on his uh, property, and uh, he introduced me, and uh, that's why. How it got started. Yeah, isn't that, uh, that's awesome. You know, and I'm sure you guys shared a lot of memories uh, through that trapping like that. Oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, you do, you know, and uh, I met several people, uh, fur buyers along the way, giving me pointers, you know, and uh, I learned so much on my own, really. You know, uh, I think that's the best way to learn, Steve. Trial and error. Yes, sir. Out, out of a yes. muskrat mink, I think I know what the answer is going to be. But out of muskrat mink and and coon, what was the hardest thing to trap? Probably the mink. Yeah, and and yeah. why and and why would that be? I've never trapped, but you know I've had been around friends that have. Well, you just have to learn to trap a mink, and there, you know, back then there were so many muskrats, you know. I, I actually caught mink by accident because I would set a conibear up for match muskrat, and you know those mink would run those uh, muskrat burrows. You you could catch them by accident too, but you know uh, I used mink lure, and I would uh, call what they call a, a cubby hole set, and I I would catch him. Right. So, uh, so you got introduced to hunting, you, uh, hunted with an English dog. What do you remember the gentleman that you hunted with that had the English dog? Uh, Paul Swihart. 
from Rowan, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then yep. the black and tans. Uh, you hunted with a pair of black and tans. Who would own them? Dick Smith. Okay. From Wabash. Yeah. Yeah. I hunt, I uh, I hunted whole winter uh, with Dick Smith. Uh, the one black and tan was a strike dog and a track dog. The other one was a tree dog. As a pair, they made a real good pair. Right. And uh, I remember uh, shooting coons out with a pistol back in. I thought it was so loud, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so that would have been uh, uh, that would have been probably 45 years ago, probably 50 years ago. Oh, right? definitely. Would you remember? Yeah. Probably in the seventies. Is that is that when you would have? Uh, uh, early early seventies. Early seventies. Uh, probably yes. 71, 72. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure Dick was probably just a pleasure hunter. Oh yeah, that's all he did. Just pleasure hunted. Uh, uh, we would uh, we would uh, buy bags of uh, salted peanut peanuts in the shell, <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, we would just throw them on. He drove an old car, car, and you know, we would just throw the shells on the floor. <laughs> End of season, we would clean the car up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something. Take your foot as you get out and rake the shells out. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember goodness. that too. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. He was my age. Yeah. Now, now, then, would have you? Would have you then? Then did you ever? Would have you ever? Uh, I never did, but I know I hear a lot of older people share this. Would have you ever hunted with the carbide light, or would have you already then at that point in time had the? No, but I hunted with mo- motorcycle battery light, and you know, I wore Carhartts back in, and you you would get that acid on your clothes, and that acid would eat holes in in your clothes back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. that was, but yeah. that, they were really blight lights, you know. I started out with a uh, six cell or nine cell flashlight, you know, really. Right. Yeah. But I I never did hunt with carbide light. Right. And I advanced to wheat light later on, and uh, eventually I uh, got a sunburst light. You know, sunburst lights, they was very popular for a long time. It was kind of the, the big thing on being able to distribute that around you, uh, although you had batteries all around your back and side, but you didn't have that heavy battery on your side. Right, right, yeah. That was distributed, and I uh, got straps on, on your shoulders, too. That would support that light very well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh where did you go from the? You hunted that one season with the black and tans, and uh, and that, and then what, where did it kind of go from there? Well, uh, then I got introduced to Mike Holder, and oh, you know Mike Holder, yeah. Uh, what an amazing guy! Yes, sir, he's a good go. And uh, then uh, I hunted the dog. The very first dog I competition hunted was Brandy. Uh, I hunted uh, her from Mike in the highest state championship and won second place, my first competition hunt. And then, uh, and then you from, there, from there. Oh, yeah, Bad. big time. Yeah. Big time. So, so uh, and this would have been uh, probably what within the first two, within the first couple of years of you hunting then? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, so definitely. Mike would have introduced you to competition hunting. 
Mike and Tom White from Columbia City. Yeah. Really. And then then from there, uh, I got uh, a dog with Tom White. It was out of Miller's Rock. We called him Joe. He was a third or fright horse strike dog, but well retrieved dog back now, then. Now, mm-hmm. Miller's Rock, that would have been the dog that, uh, was that the one that won the world hunt or no? No. Okay. Uh, but, no, but it was owned by Laverne Miller. Okay. I don't think he won the world hunt. Okay. At that so, so what, what made you decide to get one off a of rock? Had you hunted, had you had the opportunity to hunt with rock or no? No, I okay. just looking for, for a dog, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then we got that dog together and there, from there, yeah, we, uh, we, did some competition hunting together, Tom and I, and uh, then eventually he quit. So uh, I I sold uh, Joe to Haskell Perkins in Ohio. I don't know if you knew Haskell back then or not, but he was a hard, hard hunter and uh, not competition per se, you know. Right. But uh, then uh, next dog I got was Marby Sailor Boy. She, he was already the night champion. I got bought him out of Tennessee. Uh, he was a good dog, but he hated blue ticks. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he was pre, he was prejudiced. I, I don't, you know, I never had any trouble with him. Only on blue ticks. I don't know what to deal with. What, what do you think triggered that? I mean, what is it probably something that that early on before you got him? Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, he was like that when I got him. I didn't know it. He was a somewhat aggressive. He was a coon trier, but uh, then I went on. And I, 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 I'm not going to hunt his old dog. Right. Uh, I'm not going to do it, Steve, you know. Yeah. So, but he was a coon trier. But uh, then, uh, then I advanced to uh, a Sally dog that, well, <clears throat> We, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Dick Smith obtained a, obtained a Sally dog. So I hunted with Sally a whole winter, too, back then. And uh, then uh, I bought Sally from Dick Smith. She was a real good dog. She was five years old, and uh, she had a coon career. I'd never been in a competition. I won a Hoosier State Championship that year with Sally. And uh, she, uh, she died long not after that. I owned her probably two years. Uh, she got sick with cancer. Right. Talking of the Hoosier State Championship, boy, back in the day, that was a big hunt, wasn't it? Oh, over 100 dogs, buddy. I know. And I, I remember early on in my competition career, Dick, um, you know, I uh, – I started hunting the clubs around here, and uh, my very first year in competition, uh, it was this would have been 1991, 92, something like that. Uh, Mackie Manns actually brought me down to the Hoosier State Championship. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I just remember pulling into that Columbia City Clubhouse and, you know, how that thing kind of sets over the hill. And we got there probably, it was probably an hour before that hunt, 
and that whole, you know, the whole yard and the driveway, I mean, just packed with vehicles. Oh yeah. And along the road too. Oh yeah. Along yeah. the road. Yeah. That was, that was so yeah. much fun. So anyways, yeah. you won the Hoosier state. So that was a big deal. And this would have been back, uh, that you would have been in the seventies at this point in time yet with her. Oh yeah, definitely. in the seventies, early seventies, early seventies. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. That hunt was a big hunt for a lot. Cause I know, like I said, if that was in the early seventies, I know 20 years later, that was still a huge hunt. Oh yeah. You know? Yes. Sir. Absolutely. Yeah. So you had her, you won the Hoosier state championship and now you're really bit by the bug. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I like the coon hunt anyway. We just that's what the icing on the cake, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. So you had Sally. She died. Then. Then uh, I had tamed. I I liked hunting Walker bitches. You know, a female right. female dog man myself. And right. What I obtained. Yeah, what, what 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 was it that drew you to that? I mean, what was it early on? Because uh, I know you've hunted a ton of really good females over the years, uh, and some pretty prominent males. But you've always seemed to have a good female. What was it early on uh, that Dick that really made you want to hunt a good female? Well, a couple things, Steve. Uh, I seen in the book, you know, uh, I uh, followed ads and so forth, and you know. I feed her, figured on uh, in the beginning of time, you, if you hunt a female, uh, you can choose what you breed her to. And, you know, females are the backbone of the breed, uh, I think, you know. And females, for me, were easy to, easier to train, and they started quicker, and they had more sense than male dogs. So I could see if I hunted females, I could make money on the females by breeding them. So that's what I did. Steve. Yeah, you know, I I have to say, Dick, I, I'm a lot the same way. You know, I, as you know, I've hunted uh, a, a lot of females. Most of the time, you know, I've had two probably male dogs that I've actually kept uh, in campaign kind of on a, on a big level. Uh, and that was just kind of by accident how I come about both of them. But other than that, I've primarily hunted females. So I, I, I have to, you know, that's something that I, I've always felt. It just seemed like to me, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. You know, if you got a good female, and especially one that had brains, and, you know, when she raised that litter of pups and stuff, it just seemed like if you got a really rattle, rattle-headed female that was flying in and out of the box, stomping on them puppies and stuff, as per to say. It seemed like them pups was just a little bit rattle-headed himself. But if you got a really good female, especially one that had some brains and stuff, it just seemed like the bulk of that litter had them same characteristics from what I've seen. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, a male dog, you know, you have to have brains in a dog to start with, Steve, you know, really. Yeah. You know, uh, whether it's a male or female, you know, but uh, – I really enjoy females. You know, yeah. I have had some really good male dogs, too. You know, I don't like her. I don't like uh, there again. When I pick a pup, I won't pick the alpha male or alpha female in the litter because 
uh, you have your hands full later on in life with them because uh, they could get aggressive, you know. That's how they were born, you know, and uh, I've seen that too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you obtained her. So I, I obtained a, a Jill female out of Rock River Ring and a Patchett female from uh, out of Rock River Ring. And I obtained the beautiful female from John Hart in Illinois. Uh, she was out of Gold Creek Mondo. A very and, prominent uh, name back then. Oh, yes, sir. And so, yes, was, sir. and so was Rock River Ring because, you know, that obviously tied him in with Frank Giddings. And, uh, you know, uh, so both of them. And is that kind of what drew you to them? Or, or they was puppies when you got them? Or, or they was No. Puppies? They was uh, older. They yep. were older. Well, the beauty dog was just starter dog. Uh, Apache's dog was pretty... She was young, but she was pretty much uh, started, uh, really good started, you know. Right. Uh, then this Jill female was a Finnish dog, but right. she wasn't campaigned until I got her. Yeah. But uh, John Hart didn't know uh, what he had in a beauty dog, you know. Isn't that uh, something? Yeah. Uh, he just, she was just starter dog. I took her all the way to the top. She was a real deal. And, you know, uh, uh, patches and, uh, I, I couldn't never win a first place on a patches bitch. Uh, she was a real good reproducer, but, uh, there again, you know, she would go the opposite way to the cast. You couldn't hear her. She was a big white hunting dog, you know, but she a real tree dog and she would produce really good. And I made the Jill bitch a night champion, and I granted Beauty out one really uh, big hunt with Beauty. Right. Now, uh, you know, back then, too, uh, you was talking about patches going the opposite way. That was kind of uncommon back then yet, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't, oh, yeah. uh, you know, for dogs to naturally go the other way, because uh, back then it was more, you know, it was more of, you know, everything packed up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Talking of that, Dick, that brings up a really good subject because you, you've been at this for a long time. Um, and I'd love to uh, get your opinion on it. How much do you think early on, because, uh, you know, the, today's hunts are a lot different than they was 40 years ago. You know, 40 years ago, it was like it was a calling contest. I mean, it was kind of a war out there. I mean, I'm not as per to say, uh, not a war, right. but I'm talking it was you had to you had to make split decisions in the today's uh, era that we're in. Uh, there's a lot more, you know, pretty much everything is, is alone as per to say, right. how much right. of that Dick do you think today yet uh, is, is man made? Um, if a guy never laid a hand on a dog and just left him do naturally what he does, how much of today's do you think that if you lay, if you didn't train them as per to say to be by themselves, would these dogs pack up today, or how much do you think they'd naturally be by themselves? Well, it depends on the breeder dog and the stalker dog. You know, Steve, uh, I found early on, that's why I kept the stalker dogs this long, because the mag dog, when he come around, I bred five females to him. Well, hey, let, let's we're going to get into that, and it's really a, okay. a good point. 
So you have yeah. beauty. Now, I know you've shared this before. Where would you rank her? Where would you rank her in? Tell me a little bit about her. Tell us a little bit about her. What made her special? And uh, where would you rank her? You've owned, a, obviously, a lot of good dogs we're going to hear about. Uh, but what made her, where would she stand out in your mind of your top all-time dogs that you owned? And, wh- and what made her that way? Well, I hunted the guts out of her from one thing. You know, back then, I treated every coon I treat. You know, yeah. uh, I learned the hard way. You don't, they, them dogs don't require them many coons, see, right. you know, yep. but I hunted the guts out of her every night. And, uh, she was to the country style dog. She would be by herself naturally. And really, uh, she would true with another dog, but she, she would make several trees, uh, split in the cast, you know, and I, I seen right on. She was going to be my major stick. And uh, she had a high percentage of having coons every tree. That's what made her stand out. She was a, a strike dog and a track dog and a tree dog all together. Right. That, uh, I never, obviously, I never got to hunt uh, with her, but man, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of people share. Uh, that she uh, she was most certainly the real deal. Where do you think she ranks all time in your well, for you what you've been able to hunt? I don't know, Steve. That's a hard decision because uh, she was the best that I owned at that time. You know, uh, maybe that's how I should answer that. But you know, right. you, she was right in that top. You know. Uh, there again, I have been blessed, you know, but I have been particular too. Right. Uh, so that's why I have been fortunate to, to have so many good dogs, you know. Right. And uh, yeah. So did you did you end up? Uh, now I know you competed with her uh, probably at the world and and different stuff like that. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ninety. 90- 1983, I won a little world hunt with her. Uh, she scored 70-50 on Friday night and 1,200 on Saturday night. I won the whole thing, and you know, I I think uh, I won. Uh, I won uh, at all the most with her one year second Grand Night champion, and then uh, she placed in the top 20 of the world hunt two years. I could never get her through the top 20. Isn't that something? You know, I, I've took some, I tell you, dude, that world hunt is so hard to win. Uh, as you know, you know, I made the I made the final four in 2000, and I just knew, young man then, I just knew that I would be back uh, to the oh, final yeah. four. And, yeah. uh, you know, I tell you what, I it's just, it's a hard hunt to win. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You got to have a good definitely. dog and you got to have breaks. Yeah, you got to have breaks. You know, when I was young, I didn't think uh, breaks would be a no, no problem because I had enough dog power. But, you know, you got to have luck, you know. Right. You, you got to have luck. Just like 100 RQE Saturday night, really Michigan. I couldn't, the fire bitch, he's a year old dog. She split tree twice. And she, she has her coon, Steve, but I couldn't, if 
find it in the woods, you know. Yeah. It just just a break, you yeah. know. You can be inside the woods and, and can't hardly shine it and something else no. trees on the edge and there it is. That's what happened too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh yeah. so did you ever raise any pups off of beauty then? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, raised several litters. Uh she uh, uh the uh class dog I won the world camping show with, uh, Walker Park. Uh he was out of beauty and uh, the John dog I owned years ago and uh uh, then uh, I bred her to the the honey's boom. Uh, uh, I sold Brian Wooded a good young dog out of her and Boone, and uh, he got her kill on the road. Uh, she she done her share reproducing, Steve. Right, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you had Beauty. She got older, and uh, what was the next one uh, when you went from there? Well, <clears throat> I went from there. Uh, I got uh, eventually Jill and Patches died along with Beauty. So uh, I got a dog to name uh, Charlie Creek Mac from Tennessee. And uh, that was my next dog. And through that, I found out what independence was. You know, there again, you touched on that earlier you know back then we didn't have very many independent independent dogs but uh mac uh mac uh threw independent dogs way back there when you didn't hear very many of them yeah and with the charlie creek name because that's been your kennel name for uh uh all your life uh yeah i would assume I, I would think that you probably got him before he was ever campaigned then right yeah, yeah right Absolutely. He was just pleasure hunting. Yeah. Now, I, you raised several pups off him, if my memory uh, recalls right. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yes sir. Yep, absolutely. And and competed with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I made him a grand night. I won uh, Walker Days on Saturday night night champions uh, in Southern Indiana one year. I placed him uh, in a. Tenth uh, in the eight case HAH world hunt, and uh, I I won quite a bit with him. Uh, I I don't recall at this time how much I won with him and the hunts uh, I won with him, but I won a lot. Right. He was a first and first type dog, and be the, the through the country and have a coon. He was hard to get a strike on. Right. And, and he would have been kind of your first stud dog as well. Yes, sir. He was, Yeah, he what, was, what, what made you decide that you wanted to stud him out? Well, I, I bred him to five females. I knew what he was going to throw, you know, but, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, I figured if, uh, I figured in my own way of thinking, you know, if people aren't going to breed to him, how I can get people to breed to him is uh, breed a dog and win, win the world hunt with him. So, long story short, I won a world hunt with his daughter, Charlie Creek Terror. And I tell you what, that opened up 
everything. You know, people were breeding to Mike, but he went sterile really quick after I won the world hunt. He only had uh, 100 and some pups on the ground. Right. Yeah. How old would he been at this point? Uh, Roughly. Well, probably seven. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's the nature about these dogs. You just never know, you know, no, no, uh, on that side of it. So, so, uh, you raised, so you would have had Tara, uh, off of, uh, you would have had Tara off of Mac. Would you raised her as a puppy then bought her as a young dog back? How did Tara come up? I raised her from a pup and, uh, I raised a Sarah pup, uh, she was off of Mac too. And, uh, yeah. And that would have been the one that you called Loctite Sarah. Yes, sir. So she yeah. was, dref- she was directly off of Mac then. Yes, sir. See, now yeah. I would have remembered hunting with Sarah. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, that was a tough outfit to handle in the woods. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I read that she was, yeah, she was a she was another good dog. But while we're on the subject of Tara, um, so you got her, you granted her out. In I re, if I recall, you won the world hunt with her. She was fairly young, right? She was youngest dog to win the world hunt at that time. At that yeah, time, 20, 28 months old, and uh, she was youngest dog to win a world hunt till Insane Jane coming on. Come on, she was youngest, yeah. right? Tell us a little yeah. bit about that world hunt. Going into that world hunt, you know, uh, thinking in your mindset that you had dog enough to win it. Um, you know, a little bit of if from what you recall of how the how the quarterfinals went. Um, you know, kind of how the finals went, where you hunted at. Uh, share with the viewers a little bit on on that world title. Okay, uh, get back to it. Um, uh, Tara was uh, hunted in. Uh, a qualifier the uh, year before in uh, Randy Davis Hunter Hunter in the zones when she was 13 months old. Okay. And so uh, he said, Dick, uh, he won his cast one night and got beat one night and said, Dick, she is just a year away. And no. Uh, this is Randy telling you this. Yeah. Man, what a, he was a good guy too, not to get on. Yeah, safety, he's a, good as yeah. good as they come. But anyway, yes, sir. And uh, he, he he hit the nail on the head. She was just here away. So uh, uh, I took her and granted it out, got, got her qualified. And uh, I knew I had a good dog, you know. And uh, I uh, <clears throat> then uh, I won. I never got beat in the world hunt or the zone at all. I took her all the way and I never lost the cast, you know, and, you know, where the was, the, hunt, where, where was the, the quarterfinals that year? Would you remember where you hunted the quarterfinals? Uh, yeah. In Iowa. Okay. Yeah. And then I think yeah. the the finals was in, was the finals? Greencastle. Greencastle. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. So, anyways, go uh, ahead. Then, uh, uh, I won every cast with her. You know, that's how you do you win the world hunt. So right. she was a dog that killed Triolet Epcoon with ease. You know, when you didn't ever, 
you didn't think anything was happening, uh, she would she would create a layup somewhere. You know, yeah. it just. And I remember one night in the world hunt. That was, uh, I think, the third night. Uh, 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 pouring rain, Steve. You know, in the world hunt in '94, we had much miserable hunt. Really, you know, it was it was just like a monsoon. I couldn't believe a dog would even tree a coon there. And, you know, right, right out in the middle of pasture field, she treated her only coon in the cast. Isn't that something? Yeah. Pouring down the rain. And, and this this would have been in the in the final cast or a cast leading up to the final cast? No, n- next to finals. Okay, yeah, yeah, Friday night then. Yep. Yeah, Friday night, yeah. And I guarantee you, when you when you treat that coon, you felt pretty good about it with them kind of. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, because the other dogs were struggling, they would uh, the uh, get minus on tracks and strike. You know, she just had a knack. You know, uh, I I I drawed Mackie Mans one. (laughs) They're talking Mackie Mans years ago with Tara, and you know. yeah, and another English dog at out out in Indiana, and he said, uh, "I think I can beat that Dara bitch tonight because he, she's a third or fourth strike dog." Right. <laughs> Long story short, and, and the English dog just scored uh, over a thousand points the night before. Long story short, uh, Tara treated five coons, and Mackie dog treated one, and the English dog treated one. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that like yesterday. And it's something yeah. how some of them hunts just stick out to you. Yeah, and uh, other hunts I can't remember. You know, yep. oh, people yeah. say I drew you, or you know, I I don't remember. That. But yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so that puts you in a final cast. And uh, if I recall right, I don't think there was a lot of coon tree in the final cast because wasn't the weather pretty miserable? Uh, oh yeah, pretty much that it's, whole weekend. Pouring rain down, uh, down, uh, terrible, terrible, yeah. you know, yep. oh, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we're uh, lucky to tree a coon, you know, oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. there was a lot of, there was a lot of, even locally, uh, in the area, uh, there was a lot of good dogs. Uh, you go to a local hunt and a lot of these local dogs, you know, with, with a lot of, you know, there was a lot of guys in our area that competition hunted and did well on the big stage with them as well. And we had to compete against them guys in and out. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty, uh, uh, pretty awesome. So you win the world hunt and, uh, and, and so you had to be feeling pretty good about yourself at that point. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Then I, I thought to myself, well, what do I do now? Uh, I worked so hard to win this world hunt. What I didn't do now, you know, yeah. just like, yeah. But uh, I've been trying to win it ever since. I haven't had any luck. Right. Isn't uh, when you want to, you know, uh, I'm sure you thought, hey, you know, I've had go- dogs, uh, you know, it, surely, you know, I can get back to there uh, and win that hunt. I know that's the way it's went for me. Um, but you know, like we touched on earlier, it's, you have to have a good dog. You have to have the brakes. Yeah. Uh, just like big Mike, I got him on our top 23 years in a row. 
Yeah. I just couldn't win it. You know, I had the dog power, but right. just breaks, you know, yeah. really. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You had a dog called Laser. When did he come into, uh, uh, I remember uh, hunting with him. Uh, yeah. He, he would have come after Tara, I'm sure, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, he was out, out of Mac, too. Okay. And uh, also singing Susie, too bitch and uh he was a good dog you know you you hunted with him i think this first time we drew steve i i believe it, it would have been one of the first times i remember that cast like yesterday i can't remember the boy's name that's a funny story but it was out of uh, <laughs> i believe it was yeah. out of how i believe we was hunting out of how indiana and yes, the night sir. that i remember hunting with laser uh, i was hunting my uh, uh female i called candy and uh, yeah. we kind of had a bigger feller uh, judging us, and I can't remember <laughs> his name. Yeah, and, I uh, don't. And, you know, Candy was one of them that uh, she had some wheels underneath her, too. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember we didn't, we didn't walk uh, a couple hundred yards that night. We walked miles. And uh, uh, we had a – it was a – it was – I know it was a shootout uh, the whole night or whatever, but I remember him coming in the clubhouse <laughs> – and he said, I wouldn't hunt that. I wouldn't hunt that junk for nothing. He said, he goes, and he goes, as far as judging them, you can forget that too. I don't know if you recall that or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I remember well, Steve. We gutted that boy. Oh, you know? my goodness. It was bad. It was bad. Goodness. I remember there at the end of the night. Because uh, it come right down to, I, I believe it come right down to the last tree. I don't, I don't quite remember the the Pacifics, of, but I know we walked at least a half a mile. Or, or I don't even know who won that cat. You know, I don't yeah. even know who uh, won the cat. Yeah, see? I think that. Yeah. Uh, I th I know. That I just I remember vividly. Uh, I remember vividly the judge uh, on that cast. I can't remember his name. I'm thinking it may have been Joe something, but. I remember he said that he was out. That wasn't gonna. That, that wasn't gonna be him anymore. You know, I tell you, I tell you, Dick, uh, that cast. That was really the start for me. Uh, I think probably our friendship started becoming formed at that point because uh, I right. realized uh, at that point in time, um, on the local level, you know, as all of us do, at some point, you know, you went in the world hunt. Uh, obviously with Tara, you know, uh, in 94, uh, <coughs> me just getting my feet wet, but I learned so much, uh, on that cast and realized that, uh, that it was, it was, it was, it was going to take some more dog power than what I had. That's really when the, that's really probably that night is really when the search, uh, got on, on realizing that, you know, I had a nice dog, uh, but it was going to have to, uh, get better. And, uh, you know, I think so many times that, um, you know, when a guy is hunting, you know, cause we talked about it from that point, you know, there's so much that goes in preparing these dogs. And I think a lot of guys in today's age, uh, don't realize what it takes. You know, a lot of them want a turnkey dog, you know, go get them out of the kennel, take them to a hunt, hunt them, go home, you know, maybe hunt them yeah. a drop or two. And uh, honestly, don't uh, don't know how to to get one right for a hunt. Wouldn't you? I mean, is, 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 wouldn't wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. You know, when I got a dog ready for the hunt, uh, uh, 
I would hear the birds singing in the morning. I would hunt all night, really, you know, and uh, that's what it takes, you know, get a dog in shape physically and mentally. Right. And you you have to get in shape physically and mentally. Well, I tell you, it was soon after that hunt, uh, Dick, you was hunting, I believe you was hunting Sarah. Uh, would he, you would have hunted her at the same, I think probably the same time frame as Laser. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember going to Columbia City, Indiana Club, uh, right around that time frame. And uh, you was guiding in your own home turf. And uh, for the ones that don't know, uh, when you was, uh, you hunted, you always hunted some really good dogs. But you knew how to put them dogs in a position to win. Right. uh, I remember, I remember that night vividly. Uh, I learned so much on that because we had, it was a four dog cast and we would, uh, cause you know, back then hunting night champions, it was all about score. You know, you had to have, oh, yeah. you, you could come in and I'm sure you've done it. You could come in with seven, eight, nine hundred and not even get a smell. And even if they give away two night champion wins, not get a win. And, right. uh, and I remember vividly, uh, pulling up, <laughs> we had, we'd walk up to every woods it didn't matter right. if that woods was, you know, if it was 200 yards off the road, 100 yards off to the road, or, or 300 yards off the road. We would walk up to the woods, and normally, uh, I know this is hard to believe, but we would be struck and treed in five or ten minutes. and Or, or quicker. Or quicker. And yeah. literally, you could go in and even score a split tree in seven or eight minutes. Oh, and call, call time out, walk back to the truck. But I remember on that cast what I learned. Uh, there was, uh, I don't even remember who it was, but there was two other people on the cast. And by about halfway through the hunt, one of them was still kind of in it, but he was physically drained. He said, I'm done. I'm going to the house. And, yeah. the, second one, and the second one was done with about 40 minutes left to go on the hunt. And I remember we hunted that cast heads up. At, to the end but here's the problem uh the one whatever i was hunting and i don't remember what dog it was uh although i was a young man and i was in shape my dog was done because we'd done and made i don't know 10 or 11 trees and uh right. I, I remember that vividly and i learned so much from that that you know taking a dog there's something about just hunting a dog but it's another whole level on getting a dog ready uh, and prepared uh, to win, you know, and putting it in that position. You're absolutely right. And what I would do when I was younger, and you don't, you don't have to hunt like that now, but you know, what I would do, uh, everybody, you were the one, only one that figured out what I would do early on, Steve. Uh, what I was doing when I was leading them dogs across the field, muddy fields, singing in your knees, uh, going crossways on a cornfield, I, I learned early on how to wear that dog down and a handler too. Right. And you know, if you can wear the dog down and a handler, you will win, win that cast yeah. uh, 99% of the time. You know, uh, that. That was good. Uh, uh, I learned that early on, and I 
I use that to my advantage. Right. And Absolutely. You know, a lot of people said, I, I won't mention name right now, but you know, one guy said, well, I know why Dick, Dick brotherly uh, up to the wood because his dogs won't go hunting. So, you know, uh, I, I, I got a laugh at out of that, you know, that, you know, they couldn't figure me out for a lot of years. Yeah. I, I, uh, I know, I know everything changed for me after that second or third time because, uh, I watched it happen uh, firsthand, probably kind of lucked into it. So no, there is a lot to that. I, I think in today's world, uh, you know, back then for us, for me anyways, I had to make what I hunted and you know, how much Dick with on that subject, how much of it is it when you, every dog is different, you know, dogs are, you know, I mean, I'm not going to liken them to children, but you know, children are different, just like dogs. You can, one of your, one of your kids, you can look at them and they melt in, in, in the other one, you can stay on them and it's like, it goes in one ear and out the other. And I think dogs can be a lot of the same. How much do you think it is, is figuring that dog out what he's good at and then, and then exemplifying his strong points and try to minimize his weaknesses. Oh yeah. Yeah, sir. You know, there's a, some good, uh, good dogs that treat lab coons with ease, you know? And, uh, then again, when I was guiding a cast, I knew where every coon was in, in seven counties really. And, you know, I guided in seven counties, Steve. Is uh, that right? Yes, sir. And, uh, then, uh, uh, back then, you know, I found out what, what the weaknesses and the strong points were in a dog, you know? And so I would, uh, would take that to my advantage too, you know? Right. And I was good judge back then. I don't judge any now since I had a stroke, you know, uh, uh, I can judge, but I can't write the scores down to in the scorecard. Right. You know, I just I just can't do it all anymore. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. What? Uh, so so you had so you had um, you had you know Sarah. I know you guys did quite a bit with her, and uh, uh, and where did you go from Sarah then? Uh, well, uh, Sarah eventually passed away and uh, then uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, I went uh, I, I made some outcrosses with Sarah and Tara you know and they would produce coon dog but they didn't have the extra so uh, I, I that cost me five years Steve you know you you make a bat bat bad outcross or two yeah, you can get set back immensely oh yeah so uh i did that i bred your world champion i bred but there again you know i wasn't ever afraid to outcross and breed breed to other dogs uh that's why i contribute myself to being a such a successful breeder mm-hmm. and then uh when where I went from there, uh, I uh, I had to add the dog too. Yep, I remember and him. Yes, he, he's a real deal. 
You know? I remember yeah. I remember one night, and correct me if I'm wrong in this or not, I think you owned him with Chris Rugg. Is that right? Yes, sir. And uh, wasn't it one night at the Michigan State Championship? Didn't he score like 22 or 2,300 or something like that up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yes, sir. You know, for the viewers, uh, Dick, and, uh, you know, for because a lot of people, and, and been, being fortunate hunting all over the United States, I know there's a lot of areas where it's just hard to wrap their mind around uh, that that's even possible, you know. Well, and until you experience it yourself, what, you know, share with them a little bit of, of why that could happen. Well, just like uh, getting back to Sarah, a Walker days when I won Walker days in 1997, uh, I scored 1575 on Friday with her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I got I gutted two out, other handlers, too, and they withdrew. And we we went heads heads up to heads up. I wasn't cast. Uh, on Saturday night, they put a UKC field rep on me. So that that's okay. You know, I, I know how to guide and score kings, you know, and uh, long story short, uh, I scored 19... 19- 1900 with Sarah on Saturday night with a special with judge a, on you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> how, sweet, and, uh, how sweet was that, Dick? <laughs> oh yeah. Very sweet, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, then, uh, well, um, uh, let's see. Rob Wallen was on a cast Yeah. and, uh, we had a four dog cast, but we would split free really quick. See? So, there again, getting back to you, when you uh, split tree really quick, you score them trees really quick, and no leaves on the trees too. Oh yeah. So and long story short, we got down to two dogs. Eventually, that back down to Sarah one dog. So I had twenty minutes to hunt by myself, and I treed two more coons in twenty minutes. You know, I scored nineteen hundred. Yeah. But, you know, that's the first time I ever scored that kind of score. I haven't scored that kind of score since then. Yeah. But I scored a lot of 14, 1600 through the years, really, with me guiding. Yeah. You know, I remember one year at Blue Tick Days, um, <clears throat> the, the, the best, you know, the, one of the memorable casts I was on talking of that, we uh, – I ended up scoring 17 and a quarter, but what was amazing about that cast is we finished it with three dogs and going into the last drop, uh, I'm sitting at 1600 and another dog sitting at 1400 and that dog took a first and a first. I didn't have to have a first, but it took a first and a first. And I think I took a, a third and a second or something like that. Uh, but it was, it was, so it was a very, very competitive cast. And, uh, you know, what made it sweet is that there was three dogs that finished it, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, definitely. And, and, you know, I think I think until until people from other parts of the country, until they come up and hunt southern Michigan, uh, northern Indiana, uh, in that area, it, 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 it'd be hard for them to understand how it can happen, but it can. You can get in the right situation. Uh, the right, right. Dog. of course, the hunts are a little different now because a lot of it has went to eliminating style of events, and uh, you know when you're cast in advance, 
uh, is a little bit more uh, on a lot of the hunt uh, format, which I think is a good thing. You know, I um, think it's a real good thing, you, you know, know real Steve. Yeah, beat the three dogs that you're out there with, and, and you're going to advance. Right, right, so, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, back up a while. Uh, I uh, chair produced Charlie Creek Clay, and he produced Edge. Yeah. And uh, I am hunting a pup uh, 20 months old out of his semen right now, 20-year-old semen. Off of clay. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I used the uh, last semen off of the clay of uh, Big Mike's uh, mother, uh, Big uh, big Timer's mother. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. She, yeah. Uh, I like his clay pup. Yeah, okay. she's a... Uh, well, I know you thought yeah. a lot of clay when you had him. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a real deal. Yeah. Uh, uh, I remember uh, Jim Chasen judged me one night out of Albion. <laughs> uh, he Clay put on the show that night. Yeah. You know, uh, Jim Jim was a good dude. Yeah, he hunted. Uh, he hunted a lot of good English dogs for a lot of years. Oh yes, yeah, sir. And yeah. it was tough. To, hey, I'm telling you, he had some tough. Do- I mean, them dogs was there was some dogs was tough to beat. Oh yeah, yes sir. You know, he was he was a tough competitor too, buddy. Hey, very good competitor. You know he hunted that <laughs> Sam dog, and he, I remember when Delbert Bowman was hunting for him. They had Annie and Sherry, and I yeah. think uh, first dog I drew w- with Jim's was Root. Yeah. Did you that that ring a bell? Yes, it does. Yeah, Root. Yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, that would have yeah. been in my early early years. Uh, yeah, right. I actually, I actually got a pair of pups off of uh, a pair of English pups off of Jim uh, before I really kind of uh, got into hunting blue ticks. Um, yeah. I mean, I hunted, I hunt, I was, I had a few uh, blue ticks, but I, I did hunt a, a pair of English pups off of uh, uh, Jim's stock and uh, ended up selling them. Kind of fell in love with the blue tick breed and that kind of thing. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yep, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So you had Clay, and uh, you, uh, and obviously, then it. Where did Big Mike come in at from then? Uh, Big Mike, uh, uh, I he was a semen dog uh, from uh, Edge. Okay. And I, I bred, I bred the Loctite Keys bitch out of Sarah. Yeah. Uh, to Edge semen, and I. Then uh, I come up, Big Big Mike, and uh, he was real deal too. And uh, he was a track dog. He wasn't a trailing type dog, you know the difference. You know, a real track dog. He was dominating first or second strike dog. He would have a coon naturally alone by himself. Ninety percent of the time, he would be alone. Yeah, and uh, that's why. I kept his stalker dog clear back to Mac. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, like you said, you didn't have a very, you didn't hear very many independent dogs, but Mac threw that yeah. uh, all those years. Uh, For many generations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm still ending up with a very independent dog right now, really. Right. What, um, on how many generations 
how many generations? Because I know you have you had Big Mike and and currently uh, I know you have Big Timer. I, I Big Timer's out of Big Mike. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, like, with yeah. you take your Big Timer dog. How many generations of hounds is that uh, for you? Would you know six six generations? Six. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my, so Big Mac would be six generations in behind him. Yeah, sure. That's amazing, Dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, they've been good to me. And, uh, I, I knew right away that I, when I got Mac, I had a win in the bloodline, you know, balanced and, uh, uh, real accurate, you know, and pressure tree dog. Right. The, so you have big timer now and, uh, you said you have your little fire female. Is that currently what you're hunting then? Yeah, I'm hunting fire, uh, uh, right now. And, uh, I, uh, I put her on, uh, four hunts in a row on one, three cast with her. And, uh, then I got beat, uh, Saturday night RQE. So I'm going to have to take her to another one <laughs> right, absolutely i think yeah. that's i think that's happened to us a time or two in the past yeah, yeah. absolutely what uh uh dick let me ask you this uh, uh talking of that i know you touch uh a little earlier uh on on you having a stroke how, how long ago did you have the stroke i had a stroke uh three years ago this august next month and uh it was a very bad stroke I was paralyzed on my whole right side. Uh, I was on a ventilator for three days, unconscious. And, uh, but I, uh, the Lord has blessed me and brought me out of that. But uh, I worked uh, really hard on physical therapy and speech therapy. And they said I wouldn't walk or talk for six, six months or a year. And long story short, I was out of rehab in four and a half months, Steve. Wow. Yeah, but, you know, I worked really hard at that. And uh, that's why I have a a, a speech problem now, you know. And uh, that drives me uh, insane. And I don't like it, but that's what I have to deal with now. Right, but I think, Dick, uh, having a conversation with you today, for those that wouldn't know, wouldn't know the difference. And, you know, uh, I know we had a conversation on a tailgate. You know, I do believe this. I mean, there's two things in this world uh, that money uh, can't buy, and that's health and happiness. And no. happiness may make you ha- money may make you happy for a little while, but it ain't, it's not going to keep you happy. And no. uh, I think that uh, I know for me uh, – there's a lot of days that I take my health for granted and I'm very thankful, uh, to been relatively healthy. You know, I had a COVID battle, uh, last fall, first time in my life that I got really, really sick. And, oh, I know. Uh, and it made me, you know, it really set life in perspective that man, when we have our health and your family's healthy, uh, how much more, uh, you, you can't get any richer in life. Uh, really. You right. Can't. And, uh, right. you know, what, Dick, what, what, what drove you? What was the desire? What, what was the desire that you just knew you was going to walk out of that, you know, out of that hospital? Well, uh, you know, I've always been a person that, uh, uh, d- 
don't take no for an answer. And uh, I've been, <clears throat> when I was in rehab, I, uh, the rehab lady asked me what I want to do. And I said, uh, I want to be able to tie a fish hook on. I want to be able to shoot a gun. I want to be able to deer, deer hunt. I want to be able to competition coon hunt. You know, that's why I drove me, Steve, you know, and I drove Kathy nuts because I would, I would make her take me uh, at a uh, place in Iowa where I could walk on paved roads. I would make her take me three times a day. And, you know, I push and push and push. Yeah, yeah. And you have, they tell me you have one year get back to normal when you have a stroke so that stroke was caused by an operation uh, I had a carotid artery surgery and that caused a stroke so right. but uh, Did, how much desire, <clears throat> desire is everything Steve right. you know let me ask you, you this. Got, go ahead yeah what, how much, what did it, uh, and I know we've had this conversation a little bit. How much, how, how much did your faith get strengthened through that? Yeah, very much. Uh, but I was, uh, I was raised up, uh, uh, a Christian and, uh, uh, I was taken to church every Wednesday and Sunday morning, Sunday night, and every week of revival, you know. But I don't go to church, but I believe in the Lord, really. And uh, uh, I have always believed in the Lord, but I don't think I have to worship in church but to uh, uh, believe in the Lord. Right. Well, you know, I think that where one or two are gathered— uh, that's just my opinion in, uh, you know, I know in talking to you over the past couple years, uh, you know, doctors can do so much, but it's the, it's the grace of God that heals, you know, uh, and the desire, you know, uh, Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, he could take me home too, but yeah. he chose not to. I don't know why he did. He's still got he's still got work left for you to do here. There's still there's still a few of them dogs uh, chasing in uh, uh, turnout. So coming off that stroke, how hard was it to get back into the woods? What was that like, Dick? You know, I because I, I know I've I've drew you out since then, and uh, uh, it's 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 really amazing. Uh, you know, I I re- recall I'm, I'm not we was at the World Hunt or the Super Stakes Super Stakes I believe it was. Uh, walking yeah. them hills, and I think that was about two years after your stroke. And I, I told my wife, I was like, I just, I was just so amazed. What? How long was it? Did you start hunting within a year after that, to where you started going? And and what was that process like? Well, I tell you what, I, uh, Bobby Overby, and I have the Big Mac Dog and Virginia in partnerships, and you know, uh, he's been a really good friend for me. Uh, he bred uh, one of the first females, uh, Big Mike, uh, back then, and uh, we became really good friends. And uh, he came uh, all, all the way out to Ohio from Virginia, 
when I got home from the hospital and took me hunting. And uh, he had helped me up the hill. And uh, then then, uh, we caught help from my wife because he let my drive he, he let my drive my truck <laughs> and uh, we made this mistake of telling her uh jay watch she was from june <laughs> but uh then uh bobby went and i went the second night out there he hunted a week and he mowed my grass and he trimmed my trees and then he took my hounds back to Virginia mm-hmm. and hunted them for six months until I could get down there and get them picked up, Steve. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of friend is that, you know, really? Well, you know, Dick, talking of friends, I, you know, this, this being, being, being a houndsman and around that kind of thing, you know, it sure has blessed. I think, I think we could both agree it's blessed us with a lot of longtime friends. I mean, friends that are oh. uh, probably closer to us than even a lot of our family. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. So you got them yeah. back. You got them back from uh, Bobby. Uh, uh, probably what a year after the stroke. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, less than a year. So, uh, I, uh, I started campaigning big Mike, you know, yep. and I had done a lot with him. Uh, I made him a dual grand and, uh, um, uh, uh, I placed him three years in a row, 13, 14 and 15, uh, in the world hunt. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. He, he was, I just couldn't win that sucker with him. And uh, he was high scoring dog at Walker Days at uh, your club up there. Uh, I scored. Uh, Ryan Miller guided me. I scored fifteen fifty that night. Yeah. And he he put on the show, and uh, he would just flawless. I placed fourth overall. I just I just couldn't have any luck on the final cast, you know. But oh, yeah. uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What uh what is uh what what is what is your plans going forward? What you what you got cooking going forward? Well, I'm uh I hope to grand this uh, fire bitch out and uh do some good with her in the super stakes uh next spring, you know, and um uh, see we'll see what we can do, you know, and uh I I just uh, collected big timer semen uh, this week, you know, so I'm going to use him in the future. So, and uh, I got semen froze on fine line cooler. Fine line cooler was out of tennis me smoker and my world champion terror dog. Yeah. And I have semen on Sarah out of Naylor. Okay. So, uh, the the hawk dog uh, Lee McFandon. Yep. Yeah, they, he was out of Neller and my seraphimo. I have semen on that cross. So, uh, so I, I I don't know what I'm gonna do in the near future. 
but I, if I live not long enough, I'm going to use them semen on them dogs. Right. What, yeah. uh, uh, what, what drives you, uh, what, what is it about this? What is it about, you know, this being a houndsman, uh, what drives you to, to do it for all these years? Well, I don't know. You know, Monty Gussie said on my Facebook the other day, you don't have anything to prove. But, but it's not about proving. I just enjoy the competition part, you know. And uh, listen to a dog come treat, uh, you know, the greatest thing, Steve. And, you know, uh, it keeps me in shape, too. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I choose to walk when I could drive around and pick my dogs up, you know. Yeah. But that's part of training, too. You know, you don't, you, uh, if you go in and handle a dog after five minutes on every tree, uh, that's not dog training. You know, yeah. you have to leave a dog tree half an hour at a time. And 15 minutes at a time, you know, and, you know, uh, that way they don't think you're going to get them very early, you know, handle them. Right. Yeah, you know, because, hey, in them hunts, sometimes they have to stay treed for 30, 40, 50 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. Before, before you, before you get to them. Um, yeah, definitely. A- absolutely. You know, where do you, um, uh, where do you, talking of that, uh, where do you see the, 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 the sport itself as far as on the competitive side? Things have changed a lot. You know, obviously in today's, uh, eight, you know, in today's era, uh, we're competing for a lot of higher stakes. Um, you know, you've, you've got to hunt, you know, many, with many generations of dogs. Where do you see the, you know, wh- where do you see the sport of today versus of, 40 years ago. And, and what do you think of the quality of dogs uh, in today's world versus then? Well, the quality of dogs about the same is what I see, Steve, you know. Um, depends on the uh, breeding. But, you know, the sport is going forward. You know, they say there aren't as many hunters as there used to be, you know, uh, there again, uh, I agree with that. Pleasure hunters, there aren't very many pleasure hunters anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, hide hunters, you know. You could, uh, years ago, you could buy a dog after coon season, you know, from a pleasure hunter, but you can't do that anymore. Do you think it has to do with the price of hides not being uh, worth as much? Why we don't have the yeah. pleasure hunters? Or do you think we're just in a different era where kids aren't being raised around hounds like we was back then? Uh, I, I think I think uh, you brought up a really good point. I think both. Uh, price of hides, you know, and you know, this younger generation, you know, I'm not picking on them, but you know, Nobody wants to train a dog anymore. They just want to go and buy a dog. You know, uh, I think uh, eventually all the good trainers are going to die off, 
Steve. Mm-hmm. You no, know, really. You know, I've trained practically everything I've ever owned. Yeah. You know, and uh, guys don't have the patience to do it anymore. They are, they just don't want to do it. You know, when, when I was younger, uh, I made a gold champion on 30 and $50 hunts. That was tough. You know, then. yeah. And, uh, uh, I made the stone dog, a uh, gold champion. I made the laser dog, a silver chiller champion. And, uh, then, uh, then, uh, nowadays you can make a gold champion in two or three hunts. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple hunts for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong with saying this, you know, PKC needs, uh, uh, think where, how many people made PKC with 30 and $50 hunts, uh, you know, it's always been my opinion, uh, in anything in life that it's, it's kind of like a fundraiser. It's easier to get $20 out of, you know, a hundred people as it is 200 out of 10. Well, that's, that's just like selling puff. You know, you can sell a puff for a thousand, two thousand dollars, but you can, but only so many people can afford a Cadillac versus a Chevy. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't have the money. I have the hounds. But I don't have the money to afford a $2,500 hunt, $6,500 hunt. But I've, I've judged many of these dogs uh, that they take to these hunts, and uh, they're not any better than, I, than what I'm turning loose. And, I, and you, uh, you're turning loose, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you know I... I uh... You know, I, you know, talking of that, I, the, you know, the TOC hunt that they have, uh, the Terminal Champions hunt they have, I know that's a, that's an awesome hunt to, to hunt in. You know, I do think, though, in today's age, uh, we are fortunate um, that uh, there is still quite a bit of hunts that a guy can go compete in, uh, be, be competitive at on, on a lot of, on a lot of different aspects. But, uh, right. um, a question I got for you, Dick. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. I'm going to kind of rapid fire a few questions. Okay. Um, yeah. Mo- most impressive dog uh, that you hunted with that you didn't own? Hmm. That's a hard question. <laughs> uh, or, or maybe just mention a few that really stood out to you. Well, when I drew the Your Babe Bitch, uh, I liked it real real well when I drew with Earl and uh, then uh, oh man what do you let, let's go back in some time what have you ever hunted with you know you know especially in the in the Walker breed uh, in the Walker breed you had uh, you know you had you know there was a lot of a uh, lot of prominent walkers back then you know yeah. What, what yeah. would have been a what would have been a prominent one that you would have hunted with that you really liked? I tell you what, I the cutter dog looked real good one night when I drew him at Walker Days. 
he was a real deal that night. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever get to hunt with the Hammond Earl dog? No, I did. See, yeah, he was no. a he was a he was a good one too. Well, hey, yeah. Dick, I would say I would venture to say, uh, you know, been very fortunate to have gotten to uh, hunt with a, uh, you know, from basically from Laser uh, and then and Sarah and them on up. Really enjoyed, you know, uh, having that. What's uh before we close this down? Uh, what's one thing, what's one thing, a bit of advice that you could give to, uh, to someone young, uh, that's just, uh, maybe getting started or thinking about competing, uh, what's it take to be successful for 50 plus years like you have been? Well, I would say, Steve, uh, just never give up, uh, a lot of patience, you know, and, you know, um, learn learning a dog inside and out patients are so much in a dog you know and you know you you can't when you train a dog you can't expect overnight to win a world hunt you know uh right that that that's good information to give i think you know right absolutely you you uh early on you uh you would be better off to hunt with several people and see what they got. You know, if you are constantly getting beat by a particular strain of dogs, you will want to get some of that dog. Exactly. If you can't really. beat them, join them, right? Yes, sir. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Well, yeah. Dick, it was really awesome having this conversation with you. I really appreciate you for your time. Um, and uh, it was just a very enjoyable, and I look super forward to doing this again sometime. Okay. Steve, I, thank you very much, Steve. I appreciate you, and uh, you're a good friend through the years, you know. And uh, maybe we can get Gil for a hunt uh, uh, again sometime. That would be awesome, Dick. I would love that. Yeah. I would enjoy that. So when you get when, when you get back up north, we will make it happen. Sounds awesome. Can't wait. So, yeah. Okay. Well, so my, uh, thank you, Dick. And with that, we're going to say uh, 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 good night and God bless. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Thank you.